0: This is Alex Attucks from the Practical Defense Podcast. You're listening to Karate Cafe. Disconnecting McDojos in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit piranhagear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now... Here's your hosts Paul Wilson and Dan Williams.
1: Hello again everybody. it's Paul here with another episode of karate Cafe. It's been quiet, but guess what I'm here once again with my good friend Dan Williams. Dan how are you? Good how are you? Just
2: stucky just happy to be here. How, how is how is the internet doing today?
1: The <laughs> Internet seems pretty uh, the series of tubes is is flowing. It's, it's flowing excellent. Mm. That's good and, uh, and the energy the, the internet was not down for the last you know month or so. Uh, just a lot of traveling going on, uh, yep. and uh, actually a little bit of training, which is good. And um, so that's so why I've been kind of quiet and 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 whatnot. Also, oh, um, the uh, uh, one of the great things, uh, Dan. I don't know if I, if you saw this. Uh, speaking of of training, uh, my man crush, Ian Abernethy, is going to be here in Texas. What? Yeah, uh, next year, two thousand sixteen, in Grand Prairie which is close to Dallas, uh, so I am going to try like like Stink to be there. I've got to reach out and, and uh, contact him and, and see if maybe we can get together and uh, train because as you as you know, uh, Kata application stuff is near and dear to my heart. Yes. And so uh, it just came on yesterday over the inner tubes. And so uh, everyone who knows, probably, as a matter of fact, I've had a couple of people who came to my seminars already You know, email me and say like, hey, are you going to go? Because like this, yeah. is like, this is like your thing. So uh, already prepped the wife. Uh, hopefully, going to get to try and uh, do that pretty soon. Uh, also, speaking of uh, traveling uh, for work, because again, like I say, work has been kind of piling up, and we've been really busy. Uh, like we say, you know, we don't really do this. We do this for the love. That's right. So you know, kind of. Fitting it into our, our busy schedules.
2: Love, love doesn't pay very well, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> our, 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 our busy schedules as hip, young professionals. That's right. Uh, or Well, actually, I'm probably none of those, really. Hip or yeah. young or professional. Uh, <laughs> kind of get, gets in the way. But, you know, the good thing is uh, we've been having some, you know, some velocity on the Facebook page, which is nice. Uh, and we'll get to that in just a sec. But I wanted to let uh, any of our listeners know who are in Tucson – uh, Arizona, uh, I may be going there for work in a couple weeks, so uh, if you're a listener or you know somebody there and they have a dojo, then they might you know want me to come by and say hi so they can point and laugh at me in person. That'd be there you go, yeah,, uh, you know, maybe do <laughs> a little bunkai seminar or a little seminar if it's or, or just you know work out cause or I, just a handshake, yeah, yeah cause I don't know what there is to do in Tucson. I've never been there. Uh, the the details are not set, so I'm not sure if it's even gonna happen, but this was told to me. At work the other day, so there's, oh. there's all that going on. Now, but, how
2: far is Tucson from uh, uh, Austin?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> oh. a, a, plane, a plane ride, you know, a I, plane ride. Yeah, right. I think it's you know like a like ten or twelve hours or whatever. I that's right. It. I
2: forget how big Texas Texas is. Yes,
1: I know. It's, and we're kind of right in the middle, so that's what we always complain about when we drive somewhere. <laughs> is, is it takes basically a day to get out of Texas, <laughs> right? You know and then and for sometimes it takes your entire life. Um <laughs> the anyway yeah so the, there's all that. Uh and then uh, we do have a federation dojo in Arizona speaking a bit but it's like 3 hours away, you know. You're yeah. going to think that you know everything's kind of close. No, it's like a 3 hour drive. So I don't know if I can do that or not but wow. uh, anyway but anyone who's in in Tucson um please, you know Reach out to me. I'll post it on the, uh, the the Facebook page. And and Ian Abernathy, you know, if you're in Texas or Texas adjacent, he's the man. You know, so
2: yeah, he did a he did one in Chicago not too long ago that I was bummed about not making it to because that's only like two and a half hours for me, but you yeah. know, just couldn't swing it. So yeah, yeah,
1: I got to look at it because we've got our um, we've got a, a couple of federation. uh Activities around that date and their annual camp. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I just, I gotta see if I can figure it out. Uh, yep. So we'll get that working out. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, there's all that. Anyway, so speaking of getting to the, uh, the topic at hand. The topic du jour. Topic du jour or de month, whatever. Uh, whatever. The, <laughs> the, oh, and just real quick, uh, speaking of uh, getting some more velocity and doing stuff like that, uh, remember, you know, go visit our sponsor. You know, uh, piranha gear. And, oh, yeah. And get, and get your gear. But also, I've been paying attention, and some of you have been, uh, firing up the old, um the Amazon. Hey-oh. And, hey-o, and, and buying stuff. Uh, seen a lot of, apparently, uh, martial art books. Martial nice. arts teachers on teaching. 101 things I learned at engineering school. That's kind of interesting. Mm. Uh, martial arts and philosophy. Uh, somebody brought, bought a, uh, some kitchen tools. Uh, <laughs> Somebody bought kombucha. <laughs> uh,
2: what's, what's kombucha?
1: It's it's some sort of drink. I don't know. It's 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 it, the kids are are drinking it. Uh, uh, <clears throat>
2: uh, it's something cool that we don't know about.
1: A Santa Claus suit. Someone got a Santa Claus suit. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, and uh, detergent. So you know, well done. That's what people. Some people have been buying the last, I guess, month or so. Um, that. That helps us a little bit. It helps us, you know, kind of cover the bills and whatnot. So uh, and you know, keep the massive karate cafe studio going. Our, our vast staff of technologists and producers. Uh, we keep, have
2: a few interns that we don't pay, but for the that, most yeah. part, yeah.
1: And so you know, so thanks. So thanks for that. Keep going to that site karatecafe dot com slash amazon and and buy your goods and services. Go to piranha gear and, and let them know that we sent you. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, anywho, the topic is your, it's, it's kind of a multi, uh, I guess a multifaceted topic
2: topic. I, I think so. What, what topic of ours is it?
1: Right, right. Well, it came from like three different directions, right? Right. So, <clears throat> um, one came from a potential, uh, person we're going to have on to interview an, an author. And then, uh, one came from one of our new listeners, which is really awesome. So let's actually start with, with, uh, him or, Perhaps her. I think it's him. Uh, because I'm looking, I just looking at the screen name. So uh, It was on our Facebook page. And it was great because this person uh, jumped on there and said, it's been quiet on here for a while. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd ask a question. Uh, and it's from our good friend. If I mispronounce this, don't, you know, come cruddy shot me. Kyle, and it's Ballistic Fury is his screen name on uh, Facebook. He's down in Australia. Uh, thanks. He hopped on, I guess, a couple of, a month or so ago and, and started listening and it was awesome. Uh, for those of you who are on the Facebook page, many people commented on it. It was great. It gave him a Yeah, lot it of, got, it got quite a lot of traffic. It did. It was awesome. Uh, he was saying, uh, in my club, it takes on average four to five years to get to Shodan Ho, which for the people, there was a question on the, the thread for people who didn't know it. Uh, Shodan Ho, in my experience, has been, it's like a probationary black belt rank. It's like you can test for your black belt, but they don't really give you your black belt.
2: Interesting. Um, I've never
1: heard of that before. It's, it's, it's a different thing. Uh, and says, and then another year after that to get to your first degree. And so they asked how long does it take to get to the first degree or first degree equivalent in your clubs? Mm -hmm. Uh, he said he worked out the math and to get the 10th degree, it would take 50 years, you know, and that sounds about right. uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, Anyway, a bunch of people weighed in. That was, that was really awesome. Um, but then also that ties into, uh, a thread I saw on my, my dojo Facebook page from a friend. And that was about being a success in martial arts. So they're saying that, uh, basically the, the it was an article that the thrust was, um, you're not successful in martial arts unless you promote a whole bunch of people to black belt
2: yeah and that's weird yeah
1: and uh and uh, you know of course most people that responded to that were like yeah that's you know is it you know quality over quantity or you know depth over breadth you know we've talked about that kind of thing before so uh anyway i guess the first thing we should probably touch on is the how long does it take to get to to bible so how long in 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 your flavor of wing Chun does it take to get that levelish
2: well so here's the interesting thing is that Um, in, in Wing Chun and, uh, in really a lot of the Kung Fu styles, there are no, there are no stripes. So you go from, uh, let's see the, the, well, the, the top of the food chain is essentially brown, black, red, gold. So really to get to your, what they call your black sash, um, is about, I I think it's, it's four if you work really hard. Five or six, if you're a hobbyist, essentially. Um, and so the thing that's, well, there's two, I guess there's two things that's, that's kind of unique about Wing Chun is one, it's not, it's, it, for the techniques themselves, it's not a very deep system. Um, there are probably, and I'm just going to kind of do this off the cuff. There's probably a couple of hundred individual techniques. There's four or there's four hand forms, a dummy form, a pole, a double knife. And I believe that's it. So the system is, is, is relatively condensed. Now at the same time, There's a, there's a depth of experience. I mean, if, if you watch somebody or if, or if you, you know, if you roll with somebody that's been in Wing Chun for 10 years, you'll see a big difference in their, in their energy for lack of a better word than somebody that's been in for five years. Now they may know the exact same library of techniques, but they use them differently and they have more experience with them. The strange thing is, is that really once, once you get to red belt, at least this was my understanding in my school, once you get to red belt, you're kind of done. And the, you get your, you get promoted to gold when you promote your first red belt. So that's kind of a, a a promotion of you are, you have now established yourself as a teacher of the entire system. So you've brought someone all the way through it. Um, oh, and then, yeah, it's kind of like when they become a master, then you become a grandmaster by definition. Um, and I don't know if they use those terminology. I mean, that's very Western terminology. But um, uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how it works. And and it works a lot like that in a lot of a lot of Kung Fu, as well as, I, I think, a lot of Salat, too. So. It's, it's kind of weird because, like I say, to get your black belt, it's probably four to five years. To get your red belt, it's probably six to seven years. Um, and then really there's, there's no belting other than gold if you start to take students. But if you don't have any students and you choose not to go the route of having a school and having students, then you're just, you're just a red belt. And, and that's that.
1: Yeah. That's 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 kind of an interesting, cause, <clears throat> oh, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of like that. I, you know, I, and
2: when I, and when you get to red belt, they you're at what what I would term as you have completed the system, which to me means you have a a a knowledge of all of the techniques in the system, and not just a not just a basic knowledge, but you actually have a relatively deep knowledge of all of the techniques in the system. And I had always thought it was interesting, you know, not having done, you know, Okinawan karate or anything like that. And really just my experiences is with you more than anything else is that no, you're, you're not system complete at black belt. There's actually still more forms and techniques and things like that to learn after you, after you get to black belt.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, some stuff. I was actually. It, that's it's kind of interesting that we were talking about this bit right here. I have a, a friend of mine that's in another system, and you know, he's he's talking about how they've uh, they've got so many components uh, uh, that they have to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, like. You know, each level, you know, has, has, has like you know a hundred techniques or something, like, and it's just so many systems. And I you know, that's what I tell a lot of people. Though, I mean, really, I mean, if you kind of get down down to it, after an art, and I'm speaking purely for for the system that I teach, mm-hmm. is after black belt, there really wasn't a whole lot. There were some
2: other kata, but there were no more sets of stuff. So, were the, did the other kata? Did they did that kata contain techniques, new techniques, or was it just a different way to put together existing techniques? Yes,
1: there uh, there was uh, arguably there there are different techniques, and then the more I look at some of them now, I now kind of go like, well, that's it's just a basic technique that it's just put know, yeah kind of put together in a different way. Again, uh,
2: I so maybe a little of both.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's techniques that, you know, like, uh, there, there was a kata that I, you know, actually, and, and the two, two newest kata now, I kind of, I'm running into the same thing where earlier forms, it was easy to kind of, you know, find the power and see where the strength was and, and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of, it was very blatant. In these, it took a long time. It took years, you know, uh, at five o'clock in the morning underneath the waterfall, as I do every morning. Right, of course. Uh, working the kata, to go find where the strength was in the kata, you know, and, and, and maybe not just over the power is maybe a better thing because, you know, they weren't, you know, necessarily like strong looking kata, but just to find like, oh, that's where, you know, the strike is or the block is that's, you know, this is how I hold myself to find that, that power, you know. You know, it's,
2: it's interesting that you talk about that because I, I, you know, maybe this is a different topic for another show, but. Oh,
1: we're already off topic, go ahead. Right, yeah,
2: whatever. <laughs> Um, I do think that it's, it's a really interesting exercise to be able to go through, uh, forms or kata. And, um, I remember early on when I was taking Tai Chi, my Tai, my Tai Chi instructor would, he would, he, he was very hippie-esque and he would say weird stuff like, well, do the, do the form like a tiger and now do the form like a cloud and now do the form like a dragon. And Hmm. you could, you could actually feel when when you put yourself in that kind of mental state, you could feel yourself doing the techniques with a different intention. And it's really interesting that you you talk about finding sort of the strength in or the power in the kata because I think that's, that's probably a very similar exercise of some of these movements. Well, you know, when it's taught to you, it's taught here are the movements but you really have to dig out and find for yourself where the emphasis is and where the pullback is and where the subtlety is and things like that
1: right Uh, where i was uh, the other night i was talking we were doing some drills actually i kind of made some up for for weapons and i was talking about how you know where you're going to put your put your energy you know uh, uh, of mm-hmm. you know where the the power came in and I was in and I hadn't thought about it again in, until I had to like explain it to somebody mhm you know and uh, I, I may not necessarily be the guy that 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 can that can apply the power at that time when i need to but i know where it's supposed to be and right. so so i'm 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 going to look for it so to help the guys with their footwork and their body plates and stuff like that, i'm like okay so you know they're, they're moving this way. You're moving that way. That's relative motion. So you've got velocity there. Now you can put your power here because, you know, you've put your feet here, you know, sort of thing. Yep. And, uh, yeah, unless you go look for it to go, you know, in, in this case, to explain it. Um, so well, you and you I just think- got to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and go look for it. And that's what I ended up doing with those kata. I mean, I did them for, for years and just, you know, you're kind of parroting them. Up. And that's that, and so this kind of comes back around to our actual topic as yeah. it's for years I just kind of parroted the motions
2: and so and that's know, what I was just thinking too is is yeah you can you can probably speed through to black belt parroting the motions but to get a, a deeper knowledge and a deeper understanding at each level you need to be there for a while right and I, I think I even
1: mentioned that in the um, in the comments for for uh, for that topic on on the page uh was you know I see a lot of people and so and again this stuff tails back into the 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 other subtopic i guess is you know is should we be letting people just parrot it or should we expect an understanding cuz you know looking back you know, way back in the the 20th way century back in the day. Yeah back in the 20th century when uh you know i was a a shining up and coming show don you know uh I, I and looking back, I know i I was probably parroting most of a lot of stuff. I learned yeah. so much after black belt, you know everything that I did up to black belt, and of course, this is you know your mileage may vary i mean there are people out there that were you know devastating when they got their show you know yeah. f- for however long they trained up to show down. uh but you know i I see now many times. That the people there are just parroting them, they they can do the motions without falling down. Right. So they get promoted. And so that's kind of the, the whole thing about, you know, how long it takes your, your deal to, cause yeah, I think I figured it out and it was like two and a half or three years. If you stick to the time and grade requirements set by our federation and, uh, you know, like I've got a, my senior green belt who's like essentially right at, he's getting ready to test for brown belt. So he's, you know, he's on the back end of halfway through the, you know, beginner ranks or whatever. Uh he's been with me for three years. Yeah. I mean I just I don't test swiftly because I I really want the guys to kind of understand well, what they're doing and have some facility with it before they move on.
2: And I think too that you know, the it's funny because this that question has a lot of questions within it. Because one of the first things I think of is well you know, how long does it take to get to black belt? The, my first thought is, well, you have to kind of define what that means then, because really I could, I could go down to the martial arts store, buy a black belt and give it to somebody. And that was, you know, 30 seconds. Um, and if you ask, well, I, I think probably a better question is, is on average, what is the typical time that it takes? And this is probably the actual question that, that he was asking. What's, what's typical for your system? Um, and I, I think there's a really interesting balance between setting goals and having people, encouraging people to, to seek that goal and not setting and not setting goals simply for the because it's part of the system. Um, i i I don't think it's good to say, "Oh, well, you've been here for a year. It's time to get your green belt. Here you go." Um, it's also not good to say, in my opinion anyway, is to say, "Well, we don't have ranks, and we don't have belts." And so you just come here and learn, and you're going to learn stuff and eventually you'll know a bunch of stuff because to me, I'm sort of a goal oriented person and, and having that goal and having, this is the list of things I need to do to get to my next step helps me progress. It's very difficult for me to progress. It'd be like, Oh, I'm you're going to read this book, but you're going to read a random page every day. <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, and I and I think that people, you know, in, in my in my dojo, I don't test very quickly. And then in, in the course of, of just talking about this, and uh, which is this is another good reason why you should always have other martial art people from outside your group. Yeah, you know, to, to talk to. Uh, I have you know the entire world, and you, right? You know, <laughs> and, and and you, yep, and and uh, but you know I have friends that that and other systems and uh, other okinawan systems and you know other systems in general and you know we talk about stuff so just in the course of talking about this you know i kind of go well you know maybe some of my guys could use better if i tightened up the testing a little bit and i always do it i'll test somebody and then i'll look back at the last testing date and i'm like wow seriously has it been like a year you know between strikes. yeah and uh, i guess probably uh, as an instructor now it makes me feel kind of good because people are sticking with me there's nobody who said like well you don't promote me, I'm leaving right you know it, it seems like i I'm keeping them keeping them and I've got guys that have black belts and other styles and stuff, so you know maybe there's a little bit of setup of you know they've already been down this road
2: well, and I'm guessing too that um, you know i've I've kind of been to a lot of those kinds of schools that promote infrequently, but From what I have seen, generally, they're smaller schools, and generally, you also teach things to people, or or as a student, you get taught things that are above your rank anyway. So it's still keeping you you interested because um, it's a setting that is intimate enough that the instructor knows you very well. I, I know that in the Wing Chun school that I was at, um, I mean, the instructor knows everybody kind of thing. And, and so, do the, so do the student instructors. We weren't that big. But we probably had, I don't know, 20 to 25 people in every class, which gets to be a lot. And what we would do is we would break off into groups that were of a particular rank. Oh, you're going to work on this form for your next. Here's your list of stuff to work on. You're going to go into this corner and you're going to work on that form. And so it would have kind of sucked if I had essentially been working on the same form for a year because it just – it gets boring for lack of a better word.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, it, I'm kind of – I've got a, a, a pretty good – I guess good is the wrong word uh, – rank disparity. Like I've got a lot of green belts mm-hmm. and I've got a lot of white belts mm-hmm. and I kind of got nothing in between. So and there's just enough break like like now we're doing one of the things that I do or that I'm doing now that I I'm revisiting from uh, when I was teaching down in Dallas when I kind of had the same thing was I started teaching stuff in blocks. So right now we're doing weapons and we're just doing weapons every week we we do we do our 25 basics, you know, to kind of get the blood pumping and then mm-hmm. it's weapons. Because there's enough stuff like some guys are learning bow, some guys are learning psi. Guys are learning science. Still have to do the bow, right? You know, so it's 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 kind of things like so. I go like essentially about a month or a month and a half, just teaching because that way it'll get it'll get touched on, right? Once or twice somewhere in that time, you know.
2: And And I think as long as you keep it interesting, then probably people kind of care less about what rank they're at, you know?
1: Right. Well, yeah. Because I mean, what I ended up doing was because I have. Disp- and also, I have a, a, an odd number, so I have a disproportionate, you know, or like, I can't have all the Psy guys ah. do it. So, I just have the people who are learning bow because they're essentially just learning it. They've learned the basics. Actually, they have to know the basics for the next test. And it's like, okay, well, you guys are going to be attacking them with the bow, and they're going to be defending themselves with the Psy. Oh. Uh, so, you get your bow work in.
2: And you get your Psy work in. Your
1: know, work in, you know. And then, at, and then the last, like, 15 minutes of class, it's like, okay, now you break off you bow people go and run through your basics real quick and start your kata. Yeah. You side people, you know, do the same. And that way I can explain all that. So it's kind of a juggling act, you know. It, it, not having the numbers, you know, and also not having, you know, kind of the fill-in ranks of, of different people doing different things. So I think that's that's kind of helping me do that. But um, And, you know,
2: it's interesting that, that you talk about that because I I would probably guess that... The more structured someone's classes are, the more structured their ranking system ends up being. And, and probably vice versa as well. I mean, if you have, if you have a very, very structured ranking system of timelines and things like that, then you probably have a very structured class. And, cause I know at the Wing Chun place, it was, uh, essentially how the class broke down is we did warm ups and then we did um group floor techniques and then we did we we broke off into smaller groups to do our our rank work essentially and then for like the last little bit of the class we kind of did whatever we wanted to do um which i always thought was a great experience of us like okay i'm on my own I, I still have my instructor to advise me, but I kind of have to figure out what I'm doing. Um, but that did create a very structured ranking tiers because when I don't, when I broke off on my own, I'm like, okay, what am I working on? He had the list on the wall of at greenbelt. This is what you work on. And I'd go over the list and go, okay, this is what I don't know. And I need to know from my next testing. And I would start working on that. um, So when you have a very unstructured class and not, you know, not good or bad, but it's like when you just kind of do what what feels right at the time, it probably makes for a bit more of an interesting and fun class because everybody's kind of doing something different all the time. And you just you just don't worry about what you have to work on for your next test quite as much.
1: Right, and I, you know, I don't want the I. When everyone gets promoted, uh then you know, like essentially the next day or whatever before the next class, I'll send them the, the requirements for the next rank. Right, and I'll say, all right, put this in your notebook, put circles around next, and make sure you get all of those. You have, you know, two months that you know you have a guaranteed two months between you know now, now and the time you would test for this or are eligible for promotion. Yeah. To, you've got that span of time to ensure that you get those two things or those, you know, how many, four things, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, and that's your job. You know, I mean, I'm here to teach you, but, but now I have, you know, I, I, I'm still, you know, in, in single digits really. I'm, I'm banging on double digits every now and again. When <laughs> the moon's right, I get double digits, but, you know, as is, but you know, I can't necessarily just kind of keep track of what everybody has and whatever. I, I you know, maybe I'm a poor instructor in that that sense, but, well, but and it's, I think, it's, it's for them. It's like, if you want to know this, this right. is what you need to know. So you need right. to make sure you're getting it.
2: And it's your responsibility to do it.
1: Right. And then it's also your responsibility to then do it well. Because, you know, if I, you know, before I put people up for promotion, I sort of have an informal promotion where I just, or, you know, I like make them, everybody do everything. Right. Do whatever. Yeah. To. And then it's like, okay, you know, yeah, they're ready to, to promote. Okay. And then I'll put that. Put something together, but you know, if I go to say do you know whatever, and they can't do it, or the the flip side is, and this is this is what slows me down sometimes. I I imagine is I say okay, do a kata or you know do do your your test kata, and they'll do it. So okay, now do your first kata, and they're kind of stumbling through it a little bit. I'm like, all right, well, right, yeah, ready, sorry, yep, yep, because you've been focused so much on that. Right. Forget all the other stuff. So. Well,
2: and that I think, you know, I remember, um, Kent Nelson had the frustration on occasion where he would do the same thing. He would essentially give the curriculum to people to put in their notebooks and then they would go in people's notebooks and never be looked at again. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was like, well, I, you know, he, he can't handhold everyone through the process of making sure they know they need they have what they need for the next rank mm-hmm. um at the same time you don't want people coming to you saying well i'm i'm frustrated because i'm not ranking well you're not ranking because you're not paying attention to it you know but if you're not paying attention to it how much do you care <laughs> right and I want to, that's it's this that's a vicious thing. circle
1: I, I, I want i want to keep you know you got to keep the momentum going and all the other stuff and you have the new cool stuff Right. Well, you can't, you can't just pay attention to the new cool stuff. It's all cumulative, right? It's everything. So, you know, when, when your senior guy is doing, you know, his cool stuff and then you say, okay, lead them in the most, you know, second to basic thing. Yeah. Do it. They can't do it. Then, then, then again, it's like it's, you know, even if you can parrot it, that's better than being doing, doing nothing, but I prefer they they know it. So right. so to kind of bring it back down to that thing is so then there's and you touched on it earlier is you know having a large school where you probably have a lot more in the way of turnover, you know yeah uh, having a lot of people get promoted to black belt, you know there's kind of a. You know, there, there's a multi-tiered sort of, and of course multi-level marketing probably on some of these. Right. Uh, uh, thing where like, well, if you have more senior students and more black belts, they can help you teach so you can kind of, in theory, you know. Back away a little bit. But, well, back away a little bit, but then you're also, you're able to more thoroughly cover all your student base. Oh, you know? right. So, but but that's, that's uh, predicated on the fact that these people that have been promoted to black belt are you know, for lack of a better term, quality. Like like they they right. they understand the system as you put it for, put it forth. They understand the you know the the concepts and everything that's going on. Or, as I'm finding out uh, through some, some politics, is is it you just is everything being done the way it's supposed to be done because someone said it's supposed to be done that way. You know, yeah. regardless of whether they can actually do it, it's just that they make sure that, you know, the, the box are text, you know, like that they can, again, parent the technique, but do they right. understand the technique depth wise? And yep. so you have, you know, people who, for their measure of successes, I promoted a thousand people to black belt. Great. How many are coming to your class? You know? Yeah. How many are still teaching?
2: Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's just one of those things where, I, I always get back to the, the color of the belt doesn't really mean a whole lot. And, and it especially, it, it means something inside the school because I think that inside the school and to some degree inside the same style and especially inside the same organization because there's a relatively closer standard of quality, for lack of a better word, in what the expectation of that is. You know, if, if I'm a, a black, if I'm, if I'm a first degree black belt in Taekwondo, I mean, I have enough experience to kind of know, on average, <laughs> Who that person is and what abilities they have and, and, and all of that, but a black belt in Kajakembo, which I don't, I I think that's a martial art. I'm not sure. Um, I wouldn't really have any perspective on the skill that that person would have because I honestly don't know what it takes. Um, so I think that's where, that's where the real disconnect is. Now, within a school, especially, you have a real, real clear understanding of if you're a black belt, this is probably a, a minimum standard of quality for you. Not, not that you can't be an, you can be a super awesome black belt. Um, but there's kind of a minimum quality standard when you say, okay, this person has a black belt and, you know, if it's a school that just needs to you to, to parrot the techniques, then guess what? When you're in that school, you kind of know that. I mean, at least you should because you're, you're in the school. And if, if you've passed tests before and all you really need to do is make the movements on the form, then that's probably kind of true all the way through. <laughs> if you think about it.
1: Right. Well, yeah.
2: I mean, if, if you've got,
1: you know, there, there's, and, and being a, an instructor, you know, there, there'll be times where I mean, there's somebody who, I may say uh, in my head, I'm going, okay, well, they can walk through the content and not fall down, right. right. Well, this new person is learning it,
2: especially at at the, I think so, I think the lower levels have a much lower degree of you need to really understand what you're doing, kind of thing.
1: Yeah,
2: but it, it's.
1: It, you can still use people, I, I guess, you know, people who, you know, they, they don't, maybe they don't understand it. They don't have a full understanding of the cot. They don't really understand how all well the footwork. They're just basically parodying it and not falling down. You know, right. they can still be useful within the context of a group class going like, okay, there's three people there and they need to learn it.
2: You know, oh, yeah. So, so go walk them through it. Right.
1: You know, because I know in my head that will help them learn it. Regardless. It's, ba-
2: baby st- it's gotta be baby
1: steps. It's gotta be, you know? But, but it's like, you know, I'm not gonna have them teach the class. But right. I've had, I've had my green belts run the class. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, you know, my first encounter with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I walked in there and these guys who were, I think they were like blue belts or purple belts or whatever. And like, they're running the class, they're, it's their school. I'm like, but they're not black right. belts. You know? And it's, I know. It's, it, that's purely, you know, sort of a, it's, it's all relative to your system. You yep. know? And everything. So, I mean, being being successful when you're basing it on number of, you know, black belts you you crank out. You know, if you crank out, let's say, you know, you crank out a hundred black belts a year. You know, yet all of, all one hundred of those black belts are not going to fit in your dojo. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's got to be people coming in there. So you know, by you know, you would have to say that you know probably you know, easily three quarters, you know, we've all heard the thing like, you know, out of a hundred, you know, 10 will get to brown belt, you know, out of that 10, right. Two will get to black belt. Out of those yeah. two, one will be teaching and, or we'll get to second degree or whatever. So, you know, you've got all those, those black belts, but then how much do they stay around? You know, yeah. And, and how, and, and then further, you know, do, do they, at, at which point, like for me, I fully don't expect my black belts to, um, be the be all and end all when they get their black belt. Cause, yeah. you know, that's the whole like, ooh, he's a black belt. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's what somebody said on, on Facebook and, and, in response to the, the question was, you know, it's like, then you're kind of suitable to teach. You know. Right. So, so it's like, okay, this, this person has put their time in, but, you know, for me, it's like if I don't have a, a good feeling that that someone's going to stick around, I, I want to be as an instructor. I want to be fostering students that are going to stick around, you know, and that, that are going to move forward and that are going to move up, you know, and and at some point we'll be uh, fit to instruct. You know, we'll be will yeah. be ready to move on, and then like you know, when they're in their second or third or fourth degree, then start opening their own school. So, you know, but just having, so for for me, the success is I've got a bunch of black belts. For me, the success is I've transmitted the system and the system's moving on.
2: Well, and you have, you know, I think too, uh, 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 at least, you know, if I had a school, a big part of my success would be I have happy students that are enjoying doing it. And you're right. I... There's a certain responsibility of passing the system on to your students and doing so in an accurate and responsible way.
1: Right. I mean, I, I don't ever want it to be, you know, the Sith, the rule of two. <laughs> right. You know, I want to have three or four. I, I would like to have, you know, by the time I am unable or hopefully just decide, you know, at some point, you know, when I, when I drop in the dojo when I'm 95. You know, yeah, someone chokes me out for the big, the, the big that you know I've got four or five maybe black belts yeah. that that yeah. that are going to carry on you know that which I have taught you know and right. it's it's not even you know I don't want to do everything that I do I'm just giving them this is what I understand and you go do something with it and yep. here's here's the framework in which we teach it um, yeah to me that's the success is, is this has been perpetuated it's not that you know my dojo has got. 5,000 students and I promoted, you know, tens of thousands of people black belt and, you know, they've all won trophies and and stuff like that. It's because to me, that's that you can, you, I could have, I could have, you know, nine black belts tomorrow if I wanted. (laughs) So, so, but, you know, what would they know? would they know everything behind there? You know, would they know everything? It it goes
2: back to clearly defining your goals You know, and if you, if you have a school and you're a teacher and before you can say what are, what are the metrics that judge success or not, you need to figure out what you, what you feel success looks like, you know? Right. And yeah, and I
1: guess, and clearly from the, 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 the traffic that we had on, on Facebook, Mm-hmm. And, and, and the people that was on the thread that, that separate there listen to. I think most people seem to agree that by and large, it's, you know, it's slow and steady wins a race, understanding what you're doing. Yep. You know, that's the success. It's not, yeah you know, and, and having someone's, you know, in this case, false metric that having a buttload of black belts, that's right. You know, or more techniques. I know 400 kata. That's great. Can you do them? Yeah. <laughs> how, how much time do you have on your hands? You know, that, right. that kind of thing. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think we've exceeded our time. Uh, we <laughs> uh, and probably haven't actually, you know, solved anything. But this was just our take on what was a, a great, you know. That's normally we say this is where the conversation started, is at the podcast. But in this case, right. the conversation started with the forum and then came back to the podcast. Yes. Uh So uh, thanks for that great topic. Um, and uh, Dan, thanks for your impressions on it, as always. Oh yeah. It was a good conversation. It was a good conversation. Uh, as always. As always. Uh, so anyway, yeah, keep the talk that's coming. Uh, keep the, the, the momentum going on Facebook. Uh, been getting a lot of new listeners, a lot of new downloads in countries that, that we've never seen before. So fantastical. Uh, again, anybody in Tucson or the Tucson area that, that knows can point me in the right direction to some stuff to do and some people to go train with, that'd be great. Uh, anybody in Texas or Texas adjacent, go visit our, you know, our, our hero here in Abernathy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get a big eye full of that. Uh, Dan, always a pleasure to talk to you. Always a pleasure. All right. And we will talk to you all again very soon.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at KarateCafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into to the forum at KarateCafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, PiranhaGear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, KarateCafe.com slash Amazon, or donate at KarateCafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at Voiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.